Good morning, Saints. Is everybody enjoying this beautiful Michigan weather? Woohoo! I, I had a couple people say, I like it when it's cold, and I just ignored that. I didn't ignore the person, I just ignored their comment. It's like, come on, we only have this a few months out of the year. Enjoy it. Uh, speaking of Marina, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to apologize if you got an alert yesterday. Uh, we had some things that were submitted on Facebook, and I didn't see them, and it's like a month later, a month and a half later, and I, I hit approve, and all of a sudden, people are like, was there service on Saturday? Did I miss something? You know, and it's like, it's me, my bad. So if, if you're listening online, that was me. That wasn't, we didn't have service yesterday. Um, anyway, so we'll try to stay up to date with that thing a little better from now on. And I apologize to Marina because uh, I think it was like May 3rd when you wrote it and it finally went out yesterday. Whoo, we're right on it, right? COVID-19, go. Hallelujah. Pastor Roger, thank you uh, for worship today. Amen. Uh, thank you, team. I know it's not just you, but, you know, you choose the songs, and wow, I just felt like it, it just dovetails into what I have to say today. Now, if you're listening today, whether you're here or online, uh, let me just say that this is kind of for the church, all right? So if you're a new believer or maybe you're just looking for God, don't let this thing impact you too much, although there's some good stuff in there for you as well. But church, capital C, church, say that's me. Church. No, say that's me. That's me. Yeah, you're the church. <laughs> we we'll get this, we'll get this, all right? I believe that the Holy Spirit has something for us today, and this message is one of those that uh, I think it's, it's needful, and I believe that if we listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying today, we could see a real change. If we don't, however, we could see a real change. Guess what the message today is? <laughs> change is coming. Would you bow your heads and hearts just for a moment? Father God, I'm standing up here today as a man, but I believe your anointing is on me. And Lord, I pray that whatever comes out of my mouth would be from you. Lord, I've sensed that this is from you, this message, and I pray that you would just impregnate each one of us with it, Lord, that a seed would be planted in us and it would grow to, to fruition Lord, you would challenge your people, the church, capital C, us, the people. Lord, that you would challenge us to carry out your mission, which is to preach Christ and Christ alone. And Lord, today I ask that you would just empower uh, the people of this church, those who are listening on live stream, Lord, on fa Facebook. I pray that you would just minister to them wherever they're at. And Lord, I dedicate and commit this short time into your hands. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Change is on the horizon. You know, it's barreling down on us like an out-of-control locomotive. You know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit has been warning us 
And, and I say this not only through the Word, through the Bible, but also through prophetic voices. But we've been too busy in our daily living to hear Him. To hear His warnings. In Revelation chapters 2 and 3, we read about the seven churches. And I'm not going there today, but I'm grabbing a little piece of it. Just the tail end of, of it. I'm grabbing this. this. The Holy Spirit said this seven times. Whoever, Say this with me. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Seven times. Each church was challenged to listen. The modern church is at least one of those churches of the seven. Some believe that we're two or three. But that part's not important. What is important is we're part of the church. We're part of those seven churches, and we need to listen. We need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So as I share today's message, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let Him challenge you in the way that you live your life. We've witnessed many challenges or changes over the years. You know, and I think about technology. I love technology. I almost brought my cell phone up here, but you know what it looks like. You know, computers are so much faster, and, and I think about that little cell phone is as powerful as a room full of computers from IBM back in the 80s. A room full. All right, That little teeny box that we all carry with us has more processing power than all of those computers. That's how change is happening. And, and I think about uh, some of the other things. You know, I was looking at the refrigerators. It's got a computer screen on the front of it, and if you hit a button, it shows you what's inside. You don't even have to open the door for crying out that's not the best part. You take that little cell phone that you have, you get to the store and you go, do we have any milk? You can hit a button and it will communicate with your refrigerator so you can look in there to see if you have milk. Who wants one, right? What, what about some of the other devices we have today, technologically, like uh, Alexa or Siri? We were at my son's house this week, Andy's, and uh, we helped him out a little bit this week. He had a couple of surgeries, and everything went great. But beyond that, he has this grocery list. Hey, Alexa, put such and such on the grocery list, right? So what does my lovely wife, Barbara, do? The mom that she is. When Andy's not around, hey, Alexa, put... Rocky Mountain or Rocky Road chocolate ice cream on the list. Adding, and it says, so I, I had to jump in there and I added jalapeno cheddar poppers. I think I said that. Cheddar jalapeno poppers, whatever they are. He hasn't said anything yet, but I can't wait till he gets this list that we added to. He's going to be going, what? Automobiles, I mean, you think about it. Today we have a choice, diesel, gas, or electric. And it won't be long, and you'll be able to add wings. They're already doing it. Yeah, they're already doing it. We're going to have cars that fly, folks. And it'll probably be in the generation of some of our younger people. I'm 
going to guess I might just catch the tail end of it before I get to go to glory. Nuclear cars? Yeah, okay. That'll be fun too. All of us driving around in an atomic bomb. But anyway, we won't go there. What, what could ever go wrong with that idea? Not to say it's a bad idea, just saying. Someone once said, progress cannot be stopped. And I, I don't think that's entirely untrue, unless, of course, God intervenes. And I, I went back to chapter 11 because I was reminded of this, where the people of Babel tried to erect a tower. Remember that? What were they trying to do? Reach the heavens, all right? So the goal was to become like God, but the difference, without his intervention, without his oversight, God did not take too kindly to this idea, and and he had a, a little different plan. What did he do? He made a change, all right? He changed their tongues, their dialects, so they couldn't communicate with each other easily anymore. Sadly, what goes around comes around. Think about this. Humanity's right back where the people of Babel were thousands of years ago. We can communicate again. We, we have little devices now that will, actually you can say it in English and it'll speak it in French. We can talk to anybody today, really. And because of that, humanity can come together and again, we can strive to be like God, but without His intervention. And how many would agree that that's about where we're at today? Once again, they're trying to reach the heavens thinking that that will help them reach their zenith. That will help them accomplish all they want to accomplish. As I see it, the goal is to have the freedom to commit whatever kind of sin people want to commit. And this is going to result in nothing less than anarchy. I'll be honest with you, and I'm speaking as a pastor, I'm speaking from my heart. I believe that we're heading for another Sodom and Gomorrah if something doesn't change soon. Are you still with me? There's another change coming, an ominous change. Most would agree that our nation has been blessed like no other. Can you say amen? Amen. That wasn't a coincidence, was it? Godly people were on their knees. They were on their faces. They wanted to worship the Lord in freedom, and they came to this country to do that. That's how it began, mostly. Our founding fathers established the Constitution of the United States of America with that ideal in mind that people would be able to worship their God with freedom, in freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? But I fear that our younger generation, not all of them, but many of them, They don't hold to those ideals anymore. When I was a little boy, I was taught that our Constitution provided for everything we needed. Our freedoms, our liberties, and of course the pursuit of happiness. 
but the generations today don't seem to hold dear the things that I held dear. And maybe some of you did as well when you were younger. And I'm not trying to label anybody. I'm just saying from what I'm seeing and reading, this is what I see out there. It's It's a different society. It's a different culture. Rather than setting people free, allowing them to make their own choices, their own decisions, there's now a strong element within our society, even a violent element, I think you would agree, that's willing to force others to march in their parade. Even if that parade contradicts the moral fibers that that we might see as good. And this seems to be where the dilemma is. But hear this, Christians need to prepare. Each one of us, we can go home and we can forget all about this message and live out the week in freedom probably this week. But how long, folks? How long? We need to fight against this in the Spirit. If we do not salt the earth with Christ, then we will lose our saltiness. And our nation will go the same way that many other great nations have gone. That's Matthew 5.13. Hear me. And, And I've said this the last few weeks. There is no room for racial divide. But those who are supposedly representing this race war in the sexual gender war, in the, all in the name of equality, they have another agenda. One that would abolish those who vocally oppose them, especially those in the Christian church. And if the church can be muzzled, if the church can be muzzled, then the Antichrist will be given free reign. By not saying anything, the church is giving the devil carte blanche. Are you still with me? We cannot be silent about the hope that we have in Christ. We must fight this uprising with the love of God, with prayer, and with the power of the Holy Spirit who God has so generously given us. The root of our society's problems are sin problems. And unless sin is addressed, things are only going to get worse. And I'm going to call it like it is. Marxism and socialism, these agendas will not end the suffering of our people. In fact, they're only going to get worse. Unless Jesus Christ is given preeminence. Unless people meet Him, unless they're introduced to our Lord, nothing is going to change. It's only going to get worse. And if we Christians continue to remain silent, we're going to lose the very freedoms that our ancestors fought so hard to gain. And hear this, folks. It's going to happen quickly. I personally believe that this is the new goal 
that's going to lead to anarchy. I didn't know where to go from here. <laughs> Ironically, the Lord took me to Genesis 4. I hope, this, I hope this ministers to you as it did to me. Genesis 4, there we're going to talk about two brothers. They were competing for the top spot, all right? Which one was going to be superior? <laughs> one represented the good, and, and by that I mean in God's eyes. The other represented not so good. The battle came to a head when these two brothers brought their offerings to the Lord. Which one had the better sacrifice? And I'd like to say that this is just an aside, but modernizing this, there's a similar battle going on in our nation right now. Some ascribe it to left or to right, but I believe it's separated by light and darkness. Hear this. Which one has the moral law, the law of God on their side? Or is it 50-50? Is half of what we say right? Is half of what they say right? I don't know. We all need to answer that question, though. If God is not with His church then we're spinning our wheels. We're wasting our time. Back to the story. If you know this, Abel, <laughs> he gave the lamb without blemish, the first fruit of his flock, the best of the best, and God was pleased. But Cain, he brought what was convenient. It cost him little, and it was a haphazard response to all that God had blessed he and his brother with. He really didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. He was just doing what he was supposed to do. Some of you probably came to church today just because it was the right thing to do. Some of you came to church because you wanted an audience with the king. Which one do you think? You, you get where that's? Okay, anyway. That was free. God honored Abel's offering and he rebuked Cain for his. The Bible says that Cain wasn't happy with God's rebuke. <laughs> Let me tell you something. People do not like it when they are told they're doing sinful things. But that should not and cannot prevent us from challenging them with the truth. Genesis 4, 6 and 7, the TNIV says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It, devour, it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. This is where we're at today. Change was coming for Cain. God's mandate said Cain must rule over the sin that was crouching at his door. But Cain chose to pursue the sin rather than to honor the Lord. The result? Murder. 
Listen, when you listen to the news, when you watch the news, should not be. But it's happening more and more and more. Little kids are getting shot off their porch because some numbskulls driving around popping them with a pistol. What is wrong with us? I don't get it. Cain murdered his brother Abel because his brother did what was right in God's eyes. Again, some things don't change. Today, many are choosing that sinful path, the path that isn't right in God's eyes. And they're sticking their fingers up at God going, nah, 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 nah. you can't get me. Well, he can, but thankfully for them, he leans toward mercy and grace. Judgment's coming for those who don't make a decision before they pass. God wants them to be saved. But many just flat don't want to be. And like Cain, they hate their brothers who are doing the right thing. The godly thing. Why? Because it reminds them of their shortcoming. Of their sinfulness. And this isn't to boast, church. We shouldn't be going out of here going, who? Uh-uh. We need to be on our faces. Walking in humility, saying, crying out for these people. They need the Lord. They need the blood of Christ to wash them clean. For without it, they're going to end up living forever in hell, which is a real place. Hopefully you agree. The church cannot lose its resolve. We who have entrusted our very souls to Almighty God, we must be steadfast, continuing to go after the Lord with our all and not faint, as so many are doing today. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 143.8, and I just tucked this in here because I loved what it said, the, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. We should pray this every morning. Amen? We need God's love. We need His direction more than ever before. Specifically, we need Jesus Christ. Christ meaning anointed one. God anointed Jesus Christ. He gave him a mission. And Jesus came and he carried that mission out. He hung on that cross. Not that cross, but a cross. Similar to that cross. He spilled all his blood. His bones were broken. There was nothing left for him to give. He gave it all. For what? So that we could come and live sinful lives and act like we're all going to hell? No! So that we could be changed to the glory of God. 
so that these sin-infested, tense bodies, flesh, could be changed from the inside out where the Holy Spirit is put in and we begin to live for Him. And not allowing all these things that come at us every day to overcome us. Those songs we sang today were all about us. The chains falling off. He's got the victory. The crown is already on His head. We need to start living that way. Hallelujah. To Him be the glory. After He carried out His purpose, He ascended into heaven and He left the mission with us. He left His mission with us. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Yes, change is coming, but... (laughs) Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change, nor do His promises vaporize. They are all yes and amen in Christ. With that in mind, we, the church, must minister the remedy into these communities that are hemorrhaging. We can't hold back any longer. Time is short, folks. And, and whether you're, you're... You know, when you give, when you put your offering in that whatever, whether you, it's changed. It used to be in the, bu- in the bucket, basket, whatever. Now it's, a lot of it's online. When you do that, you are equipping the church to do things, and we've, we've, we're adding a new missionary. Uh, amen. He doesn't know it yet, but he's actually ministering to Syrian refugees. And it's amazing the work they're doing, and they're seeing a lot of fruit. That's just an example, and it happens to be in a bigger city, of course. And I'll share more about that. In fact, I'd like to have him come back someday and speak. He spoke here once a couple years ago. But that said, I just want you to know that that's one way that you're helping to spread the news, the good news about Jesus Christ. Other ways are praying. We need every person in, hear me, everybody right here. We need every person, man, woman, boy, girl, to be praying that the Spirit of the living God will release a revival on this land. If we don't, who will? 2 Chronicles 7.14 Read it. If my people will what? Humble themselves. And pray. You know it. We can't hold back any longer. My prayer is that the world will see the love of Christ in us. That's what I'm peddling here today. 
I'm not peddling war, at least not physically. I'm not suggesting that we arm ourselves and go to the Capitol and stand down there to show them what we're made of. You may be compelled to do that, but hopefully it's in a different... As a Christian, we've got to win this battle in the Spirit. And we've got to do it in the love of Jesus. Not the hatred of man. Hallelujah. I've got a short little thing here. The remedy is Christ. Christ is who we must preach. Christ is the preeminent one. He's got the crown. He's got the victory. And he said, all authority is mine. And he shares that with us. His church. So what I've done, and I've, I've taken the acronym of Christ and Christ alone. And I've kind of done a little thing here. C is for change. I'm doing this so you'll have a clue. If you can hang on to this, Christ, how easy is that? Everybody say Christ. The C is for change. The Bible says... Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without what? Being born again, which literally means to be changed. Yes, thank you. In the Greek, it's anothen, and it means to be born from above or born from heaven, whichever way you want to look at it. In other words, you can't do this. Only God can. This is the starting place for every single man, woman, boy, and girl. We must be born again. We must be changed. That's the C. You still with me? The H is for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Listen to His voice. John 3, 5-8. Jesus answered, and this is John 3, 3, now John 3, 5-8. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water, which is when you're in your mother's thing there, what's it mostly made of? When you're ready to give birth, the water breaks. All right? So that's what Jesus is talking about, the human side. You must be human. And he goes on to say, and the Spirit. So you must be born of water and of the Spirit, which is, as I've already said, from above. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We're going to get to Acts chapter 2 one of these days. And I'm going to go into a lot more detail on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and what that means for the church. But today, just grab on to this fact that we must be born of the Spirit. Jesus said in John, 
was it four, six? Uh, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You've got to have the spirit to really be able to worship him. H is, C is, the R is, anybody want to guess? Close? Yeah. Redemption would be, I just didn't want to use that big long word. Oh, I'm sorry, I should have had that up. I didn't realize it wasn't. R is, if I don't get it up there, show me. Repent. What does that mean? Turn what? Turn around and head the right direction. You're going the wrong way. Turn around and come to Him. <laughs> Repent of your sins. Turn to God. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and purify us from all of our unrighteousness. These are all mandates for a newly born Christian. Why am I sharing this with the church? Because this is the, what we got to get out there. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard, right? Romans 3.23. This is the remedy. Repent. Turn to Him. Confess your sins. That's what it means to repent. The I, ah, this is the best part, invite. You know, I could invite President Trump to come to my house tomorrow. He's probably not going to do it. I'm just, just saying. But I could invite the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Master of the universe to come and he will. Ah, Revelation 3.20 Here I am, Jesus said. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. Wow. Oh, we're blessed. God wants a relationship with his people, with humanity. In all of our sinfulness, while we were yet sinners, He died for us. That's how much He loves us. I is for? R is for? H and C. You're getting it so far. Here's the next one. Oh, the S word. <laughs> See where all your sinful minds went when I said that? <laughs> One of you. I was thinking soft. No, sir. God did everything for us. 
prepared a way for us where there was no way, invited us to become one of his kids. By going through this process, becoming born again, allowing the Holy Spirit to take root in us, repenting of our sins and inviting him in, what should we do with this but serve him? That's just a, a natural thing. And it's really quiet in here. Maybe it's really quiet at home and you're about ready to turn me off. Hang on, I just got one more. Matthew 20, 25 to 28. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. He was trying to point out that human leaders really like their position. And they let people know, I'm all that. Not so. <laughs> Not so with those who follow Jesus. Instead, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Everybody say servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your? Whoa. We don't like that word anymore. Especially lately. Slaves to Jesus. I'm not going to correct God. He said this, not me. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, Jesus is saying, I'm the model for all of you to follow. What do you do with the life he's given you? What do you do with it? Do you spend it to his glory? 5%, 10% maybe? Any? I don't know, I'm just asking. We serve him by carrying out his mission. We serve him by preaching Christ, by sharing the love of God. It should be easy. It should be easy. S is for serve. Finally, it's kind of why I shared that last scripture, that scripture earlier on. You know, if you don't trust them, <laughs> you don't know them. But if you do trust them, what won't he do for you, for his church, for his people, for the lost? What won't he open opportunities? What won't he open opportunity-wise for his church to get in there and to share their love? One of my wife's favorite scriptures, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, my version says acknowledge, this says submit to him, and he will make your path straight. But you've got to do that first part. You've got to trust him. 
And if you do, then you're going to let Him guide you. Don't be like Cain who took his own path. Be like Abel who took the righteous path. I know this hurts because some of you are squirming right now. And to be honest, I'm up here doing that too. You just can't see it. Fingers pointing back at me. The Holy Spirit gave Pastor Barb a spanking for what she did yesterday. The Holy Spirit's given all of us a spanking right now because we aren't doing this. We aren't doing this. We aren't. If we were, we wouldn't have civil war just about breaking out. Change. Holy Spirit, repent, invite, serve, and trust. So begin to close. Yes, change is imminent. But Christ, <laughs> hallelujah, He is our solid rock. And on my way home, and unless you're Greg Broviak over here, I'm sorry, I'm calling your name out. Unless you're Greg and have one of those gigantic earth movers or gigantic front loader buckets, there's a rock out there that's like this big. You ain't moving that thing. It could be an F5 tornado hit that thing. It ain't going nowhere. It, it's secure. Well, <laughs> Jesus is our solid rock. And I want to tell you this. He has anchored the universe. And we're a part of that. When you put your trust in Him, when you repent of your sins and you allow that change to take place in you, and the Holy Spirit starts to inhabit you, you are tethered to the rock. You ain't going anywhere. At least nowhere that God doesn't want you to go. The Lord's plans don't change. That's the beauty of serving Him. Technology may change, but His plans don't. You want to know what's coming next? Get your Bible out and read it. Those who submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, they're going to be given eternal life. Those who do not, regretfully, will be judged for their sins and that's going to result in them being separated from His presence for eternity. There is a real hell, H-E-L-L. -L. It isn't make-believe. It's scattered through. Jesus talked about it. All the disciples talked about it. It's there. It was never intended for mankind. And I've said this many times, but... God cannot allow a sinner into heaven. 
So it's the only choice. But if you don't want to be separated from God forever, then you need to get right. If you haven't already, you need to repent of your sins. Allow Him to change you from the inside out. Become born again. Invite Him into your heart, into your life, and then begin to serve Him as Lord and trust Him with everything you have, with your bank account, with your health, with your prayers. (laughs) There's another big change coming too. Jesus is coming back. And as I understand Scripture, we're going to go up, we're going to be given these glorified bodies, and we're going to return with Him where we are going to help Him to rule this earth for a thousand years. He's going to show us what it should have been like. Or what it could have been like. (laughs) Mayor Jeff. Maybe governor. Okay. I have no idea what the glorified body is going to look like. I just know it's going to be good. I've already said this. I just want to be the keeper of the forest or something. It doesn't have to be the whole forest. Just part of it with some really good fishing lakes in it. But until he comes back, we must be consumed with the mission of Christ. We have to preach the truth and love and convince our neighbors that Jesus is the only remedy for their sin. He's the only way. There's no other way. According to the Bible, according to Jesus himself, if you want real change, it can only come through Christ. We must look for ways to get his mission out, the mission of Christ, that C-H-R-I-S-T. We must preach Christ and Christ alone. Our urban missions, we have many good urban missions. I talked about one just a a minute ago. We already support Courage Church, which is smack in the middle of Detroit. We do support them, but trust me, they can use bodies. They've asked, hey, could, could you come down and help us do some of our construction projects? We need to pray for construction people in this church. And younger people, apparently, because none of our older folks are able to do anything. Very limited. That's how we are. The church needs our help. The, inner, the urban churches, the inner city churches, they need our prayers. They need our boldness. We need to intermix with the crowds and let them know what Jesus Christ means to us and that He is a remedy, the remedy for sin. Hear this. Our very existence depends on our success of doing this. 
if we don't get off of sometimes I'm sad that God gave us such a soft place back there because it's too easy to sit spiritually speaking of course would you stand I guess I didn't have that last one up there anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches Revelation 3 6 as your pastor assuming that you keep coming back after this week I'm telling you what, and, and we meet Tuesday, our board meets Tuesday. I don't know what God's going to do, but I'm telling you right now, it's going to have the C-H-R-I-S-T involved. We've got to go out. We've got to. We, we must. In, in all the ways that I've already talked about, we must. Otherwise, we're going to be one of those churches that Jesus rebuked. <laughs> I don't want to be that. And he said this, he said, if you don't change, I will remove your candle. You know what that means? He's going to snuff us out. No, thank you. Father, again, I'm, I'm, I, I'm done. If you're here today and this message has ministered to you in some way, shape, or form, would you lift your hand up? You know God's speaking to you. You know He's trying to convince you to do some things. Amen. If you're at home, I trust that you're not going to sit back down when this is all said and done, but you're going to look for ways to get involved, to get the good news of Jesus Christ out there. It takes all of us to do this. Not one person can do it. It has to be all of us because we all have different gifts and different talents and they're all needed. So I'm asking you to pray with us and pray for yourself that God gives you a, a heavenly boldness empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because you can't, if you go in in the flesh, you'll get your keister kicked. But if, if you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, there's nothing you can't do. God will send nine, ten foot angels to protect you. If, if He's given you something to do and it's dangerous, He will help you get through it. Make sure it's from him, though. <laughs> don't, don't just, yeah, I'm going to the inner city today, and I'm going to, no. Make sure it's from him. Partner with somebody there. Others who've already been in there, they're street smart. So you come out similar to how you went in. Oh, God.
When we sang those songs earlier, I felt like the chains were dropping off. Even before I preached this message. And I I trust you're going to leave here today different than the way you came in. I hope this message challenges you as it has me. Just be ready to do something cool, something bold in the near future. Father, again, we, we can't do this without you. We need the Holy Spirit. Release him, Lord. Fill us all afresh and anew. Forgive us of our, our many sins. Purify us, Lord, so that like Jesus, you can anoint us. You can separate us for the goodness of God for the, to do righteous things. To preach the love of Christ. To deliver the remedy for sin. And Lord, for those at home, if you're there and you need Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. And if you're here and you need Jesus, I want you to pray this with me. And I'd ask the saints to join me before we close. Father, forgive me of my sins. Change me into a new person. Today, I invite you into my life, into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to serve you all the days I have left. And help me to trust you even when it's hard. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, get us home safe. This week that many are coming up, uh, Lord, keep us safe. Help them, give them traveling mercies if they're leaving or if they're coming. Lord, we, we pray that we would be that light in this dark world. Wherever we're at, wherever you plan us this week, help us to reflect you. And Lord, again, use this church, the people of the hope. Use us, Lord. Use us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.